Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 330. It has been proven time and time again to be one of the most effective ways to get sales. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi, hi. It's always so great to have you here. And if you're new, welcome. Today marks the end of my first face-to-face trade show of the year. Or should I say of the last year and a half, I guess? It was amazing to be out, seeing customers and friends, and making new ones. There really is nothing like being in person. I want to remind you that doing events like craft shows and farmers markets offers great photo and posting opportunities for social media. We talked about this in one of our tips and talk episodes in the podcast just a couple of weeks ago. And I bring this up because you've told me you're discouraged when you don't see any of the time and effort you put into social media moving the needle on your sales. So given the time we're in right now, take this as a changing point to do something different. Putting in more time posting in the same way isn't going to magically bring you results. You need to change the way you're posting and what you're posting. You don't need to put in more work. You need to put in the right work. That's when things will change. If you need some help with this, I've got you covered with the Content for Makers program. Content for Makers will enlighten you as to why your social media activities aren't converting into sales. It will also show you how to put less time in and start seeing activity that will increase your sales. Just imagine a day where you know exactly what to post and to get it done in five minutes or less. Then you can spend your time interacting with potential customers, deepening relationships with those you already know, too. And it builds upon itself naturally. Yes, this is possible. Content for Makers includes a step-by-step strategy to formulating your unique plan based on your business and your products. Then you'll have 375 social media prompts over a full year of ideas. Along with the 375 prompts come 375 image suggestions, so you're not left hanging on the creative. These prompts and image suggestions can be used for all platforms and all types of posting. Images, live streaming, reels, even email direction. But that's not all. Posts aren't going to work if the right people aren't seeing them. So you'll also receive a video and a worksheet on how to choose and use hashtags. This is a way to attract the right people who will become your customers. Most people are doing this wrong. There's more to Content for Makers, too. To see all the details, just jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. But honestly, at only $27, it's a no-brainer. Why carry on posting as you've been doing all along, expecting different results? Sign up for Content for Makers now and see the transformation of your posting experience change before your very eyes. giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. 
ready and waiting for your immediate access right now. Today's show is a fun one. My guest is so bubbly, and can I just say, I love that she laughed at me laughing at her. Lots of personality along with good learning coming your way. If you've held up starting on an email list or aren't sure if you've latched on to a solid strategy, this episode is for you. Plus, some surprising realizations about open rates and a fabulous free gift, too. Who doesn't love a gift? But to get to all of that, we need to first get to the show. So let's do that right now. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to Kate Doster. Kate is all about helping ethical entrepreneurs open the hearts and wallets of their small but mighty audiences thanks to fun email marketing. She believes you don't need to bleed the alphabet or be a dirty, rotten spam face to write emails that jolt your community into taking action. Whether that's building a long-lasting relationship, buying directly from you, or checking out one of your affiliate partners. Kate is the host of the Inbox Besties podcast and creator of the Love Your List 2.0 email marketing mega course. Katie, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I'm so excited. And Sue, I can tell this is going to be a great interview because if the host giggles over a dirty, rotten spammer face, I know that I'm in good company. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't wait to hear what else comes out of (laughs) all these creative words being put together. I'm excited for this one. (laughs) So I like to start off our conversation in a traditional way. And that is by having you describe yourself by way of a motivational candle, because it's so creative and you're here with all of us creative makers today. So if you were to share what a candle would look like that resonates with you, Kate, by color and quote, what would your motivational candle look like? My motivational candle, it would be an ombre effect. And it would definitely be an ombre effect that kind of looks like fire. So it would have like the yellow, the orange, the reds, because I always say that I'm just this big ball of fire. And my right hand lady, her new nickname is the fire tamer. Because I am a creative. I like to create. I cannot sit still. (laughs) So I am just like, I'm always making something, whether it is courses, whether it's emails. We bought and sold a house. And so I renovated simultaneously two kitchens, two bathrooms by myself. I just love doing things. So I'm a ball of fire. And so the quote would actually be, do the brave thing. Because that's what I tell my students constantly, whether they're trying to grow their email list, whether they're trying to sell, whether they're trying to get more visible on, say, Instagram. When you default to always doing the thing that's a little bit braver, you are going to get results faster. Because honestly, it's not too hard to create a bunch of pins for Pinterest and Canva. But if you're going out there and actually pitching somebody to be an affiliate for you, or you're pitching somebody to be on their podcast, that takes a little bit of gumption, right? And so those are the things that are going to get you the results the fastest. So it would be an ombre one that looks like flames, and it says, do the brave thing. I love it. And I think that you have hit right on what can be kind of an unseen weakness that we all have. If you're a creator, because I am the same way. I create podcasts, Mm -hmm. I create blog articles, social media posts. And is that really, do I need more of those? Or should I be doing some of the, to your point, braver things? And for a lot of people who are listening, they're just going to make another loaf of soap or more candles or additional jewelry because they have a craft show coming up versus actually going out and selling, getting a wholesale account, like all those types of things. Yeah. 
I'm wondering what helps prompt you to go into that brave area instead of staying in the comfort zone of your creating. So it even goes to, like you mentioned the craft show. We know if we start talking to somebody who's potentially walking by, that can be nerve wracking as humans, right? But if you actually talk to that person, usually there's going to be a sale or they're going to talk about you. So I'm the default to do the brave thing because I figure what's the worst that can happen. And just like any type of muscle, like, wouldn't it be lovely if we could have done one sit up in high school and have a six pack forever? Like, that'd be great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it does not happen that way, sadly, Sue. They'll figure it out eventually. So bravery is a muscle. And I think that people forget about that. So the more that you use it, the little tiny flexes that you're going along the way, the more brave that you're going to be. Because for some people, when you're like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? If they have a lot of social anxiety, or let's be real, a lot of us creators do tend to have ADHD or some form of it. Sometimes you can have that hypersensitivity to rejection. So that's why it's like, start off a little small, get a little braver, get a little braver, because the worst thing that can happen is something amazing can happen. Or the worst thing that can happen is you're just proud of yourself for being brave. Yeah, for just taking the action, regardless of what the outcome is. Exactly. And that bravery, that sense of pride, it's kind of like if you start walking like just 10 minutes in the morning, you usually start eating a little bit better, you start drinking, maybe your walks get a little longer. It's one of those dominoes effects from that pride of just like you said, of actually doing something. So regardless of what the outcome is, yeah, that's why I always just make it just do the brave thing. The worst thing that can happen is you're proud of yourself for taking a risk. Oh my goodness. Like, oh. Spinning off the conversation about walking, I'm now a Peloton girl, but I used to go to a health club and spin. And the only time I could fit it into my days was the 5.30 a.m. class. Well, that means I had to get up at five. I live in the Chicago area, so throughout the year, sometimes it is freezing cold and snowing. But you know what I would do is I would make my plan the night before. This is what I'm going to do. And I wouldn't allow myself to rethink it. This is the plan. This is the timeline. Nothing's getting in the way at 5 a.m. when I have to get up. (laughs) You know, there's no client issue. There are no emails to look at. There is no excuse. But if I think about it too much... Or at that time, like if I would start thinking about it too much, then I could talk myself out of it. But if I didn't allow that, this is the plan. You're sticking with the plan. You're going for it. That's how I would do it. I absolutely love that. I also love biking. I am not a Peloton person, though, because I don't like people telling me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what you can do? I just like to have my music, my playlist, and I just Well, that's okay. That's okay. You got the bike, too. I just bought... We're so off topic. We're going to get right back on in a second. But this could help some people who are listening. But I just bought a desk that you can put on top of the Peloton. So (gasps) if you're listening to a webinar or there's something that doesn't require too much typing, because it's kind of hard to spin and type a lot. But if you're listening to something or watching something or just a little bit of typing, you could like be on that thing for a couple hours even. Not going fast necessarily, but still getting some type of a marginal workout. So anyway, that's enough of that. (laughs) I was just, I think it's so great because again, as creatives, like you said, we're spending the time making the candles, doing the marketing. So sometimes it is really hard for us to move our bodies. So every little bit counts, guys. Every little bit Absolutely. counts. Absolutely. Okay. So share with us a little bit about words and how you fell in love with words and got into really focusing on email marketing. So I am a talker more than a typer. And so people are like, what? I'm like, I was not the person that had like straight A's in English class. Literally, my least favorite teacher ever was my 10th grade English teacher. 
And I feel like most people <laughs> tend to not like their 10th grade English teacher either. And so I think that people get really clammed up, especially with email marketing, because they just flash back to like all those reports that they had to do and like sounding all formal and they have been on the bad end of emails. And so they don't want to get roped in with the spammer faces, but they sound so stiff and then they psych themselves out and they don't do it. I loved email marketing. Even I was a copywriter with a W. So that means I got paid to write words that made people do stuff. In my particular case, hit buttons on the internet. And I loved copywriting because it is so conversational. You want to think of the potential customers that you have, the current customers that you have, especially as a handmade business, as your friends who are just as excited about soap, about candles, about, I have a student that does Harry Potter themed ornaments. You want people that are just as nerdy and excited about your thing as you are. And when you start talking to them like a friend would, you start using the vernacular that you normally would, all of a sudden it starts opening up. And if you think about email marketing, because like we talked about, we don't have a lot of time for stuff and like more power to you for getting up at five to do the Peloton. That was amazing. Those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> With email marketing, it has been proven time and time again to be one of the most effective ways to get sales. And the way I like to think about it is look at your own Instagram. Chances are you're probably following about 500 people or more because like, yeah, it's Instagram, right? But are you subscribed to 500 people's email list? Absolutely not. It is only the companies, the bloggers, Sue, the people that you love to hear from. Those are the email lists that you are staying on. And so that's the same thing with your customers, with your potential customers. It's these people that are raising their hand. That's like, I'm so into what you do. I'm going to let you in my inbox. And so you want to make sure that you show up for them. So it is one of the most efficient tools out there. If you do not have time, if you can spend 20 minutes to write an email, it can do way more than spending like 15, an hour, two hours, three hours, say um, on a blog post. Not that I'm nicking blog post, but if you don't have any traffic and you don't have a promotion plan for that blog post, you could have just saved yourself some time and just send an email. All right. Perfect. So we need, so that people can follow along with what we really want to talk about. I'm just going to be honest and truthful with you, Kate, and tell you that there yep. are people who are listening who the understanding of how you would even send an email is overwhelming to them. So we're just going to cut to the chase here. If you were to pick one very easy email system, let's say someone doesn't have any emails, any addresses, or an email system yet, I talk in other places about how to attract and get email addresses. But what would be the one system you would direct them to look at, sign up for, so that they have a base to start sending emails from? What would you suggest? Just one. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give them two options. Okay, you're allowed. I feel that you need to test out back ends to see which one works with your brain. As someone who's neurodivergent, like you need to find the thing that works for you. So the two options that I always tell people, the first one, if you're looking for something that is free, as long as you already have that established website, like you've talked about, I know you've just had a couple podcast episodes ago about like, do we need to blog and all that? Then you can go with a system like Mailer. Light. They do have a free version up to a thousand people. They will give you automation. So say somebody gives you their email address, they'll give you like the little forms to put on your website or to put on a page so that way you can show people at your craft shows and you're just like, oh, just type in your email address. It does all that form stuff. It will allow you with their free plan under a thousand recipients to automatically send that person an email, whether it's a coupon code or a welcome or behind the scenes, it can do all that for it. Sometimes it can be a little bit slower, like I don't want to use the word clunky, but sometimes it can be a little bit clunky. 
The other one, and this one was built more so for creatives, and I'd be interested to hear which one you usually talk about a lot, is usually ConvertKit. So ConvertKit starts off at $30 a month. And so for some people, they're like, I don't want to invest $29 in my business. Now, I know that most of you guys are makers, so you understand like wholesale cost and cost of materials. So if you just think of it as a cost of material and you actually use your email <laughs> list, then it's like, oh, I can definitely make back 30 bucks. Because say if you are selling, again, a candle, right? You get one customer who buys two, you sell them at 15, ConvertKit is paid for. So now literally the rest of the month, everything else that you make with the email list is technically profit from your email list. So I like ConvertKit because it has those landing pages. Their customer support staff is really, really nice and they're fast, which I really enjoy about them. Same thing with MailerLite. Even on the free plan, the MailerLite people will talk to you at the time of this recording. It could change, but... In something like a MailChimp, I know that they don't help anybody on the free plan and their system is super clunky. So I don't really advise that. If you're going to do something where say you're going to be like selling online and you're going to take say a lot of orders and on your own site, not like Etsy, then you might want to look into something that your shopping cart platform recommends. So like if you're on Shopify or big e-commerce or something like that, you can look to see what systems they recommend that you use as well. So that way you can tag and do orders and all that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So that's a very long answer. But the biggest thing is to see what works with your brain and your price level and to have that plan that if you are going to pay for it every month, that you recoup that money. Sounds good. And honestly, I would like to state here that don't go crazy. Just pick one and get started. Don't spend a week mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Look at them, analyze them as Kate's just suggesting, but don't let this be a barrier to getting started with email because it's better if you start at the place you want to stay, but you can always mm -hmm. switch. No choice that you make is ever irreversible, I guess would be the, what no. I would say. I see most people, honestly, on MailChimp or Constant Contact too. And Constant Contact used to be the biggie, but I don't hear very many people talking about it anymore. I was going to say, you don't really hear. Like I said, MailChimp, the only reason why I, well, there's a couple things. MailChimp keeps on changing what they do and do not include in their free plan. But the biggest thing is there's no customer support unless you pay them, right? Okay, well, yeah. And so for some of my students, they don't want to pay. So then they get no help. So then they get stuck and they get overwhelmed by the tech. But you need to have one of those their constant contacts, the mailer light, the convert kit, like you said, just pick one because you just cannot legally, you cannot like blind CC a whole bunch of people from your Gmail account or your Hotmail account. No. And people do that. That is the fastest way to get fined. Yep. Yep. So that's why I say, okay, so we're together with this, Kate. Pick one, no matter what it is. Mailer light. I don't really know much about that. So check that one out. It sounds great because if you can get someone on the other end of the line in two seconds to answer a question for you, that's amazing. All right. So regardless of which one it is, now we're going to move forward. <laughs> okay. Yes. And if you need to know, so you've gotten your email system, but you don't have any email addresses, get some friends and family on your email list so you can test the system and see how it works. It's that mm -hmm. simple to get started. We were just talking about how going spinning or going for a walk, you just have to take the action and decide to do it. This is an action point if you haven't done this yet. Most people have at least two email addresses. So put in your other email address because what I found was actually strange from dealing with students is they will clam up and get more nervous if people in real life are on their email list, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is so odd, right? Because you would think like when you want to shout it from the rooftop, so I'm like, just put yourself on there. Even if you're literally just emailing yourself, 
for like two weeks while you're like getting the hang of it before you go out and you're like, yes, now I'm going to go get friends and family, or I'm going to put this on my website, or I'm going to put it on my Instagram, or I'm going to put it in my shop, that type of scenario. Just get used to sending to yourself. It is okay. Yeah, so just send an email, see how it works, see the system, see how it looks on the other end when you're the recipient. And Mm -hmm. then let's get rolling with it. And like I've said, we've talked in other episodes about value of email. I talk about email all the time. Back up for social media. You can't rely on social media platforms for retaining Uh -uh. connections because it's just too risky. So we've gone through all of that. So, all right. Yay, Kate, guess what? I have an email service provider. Now what do I do with it? Like, what am I going to talk about with people? And how is this going to be useful for my business? Sure. So the first thing that you're going to want to do before we talk about, well, what are you going to talk to these people is you need to create some type of incentive for people to want to get on your email list. Just like stay informed of when my next show is or find out when, like, say you do batches of things, find out when the spring line is coming out. Like, yeah, you can have that, but you're not going to get too many people on there. You want to give people some reason to actually give you their email address. So in the online space, they'll call it like a freebie, a lead magnet, that sort of a thing. When you are somebody who is a maker and you're selling physical goods, nine times out of 10 people are in the buying mood. So they're going to be looking for some type of discount code because that's what they've been trained for, for those like big e-commerce sites. So I always tell people, if you're a maker, I wouldn't go with something like eight things that loving Harry Potter says about you if you're selling handmade Harry Potter ornaments or how to decorate for the holidays, sign up for this free guide. You can, but people aren't necessarily going for information. They're going to buy. They're going to hear more about you. So that's usually what it defaults to. I know it stinks because our profit margins aren't that big, but once you get somebody on your email list, then the floodgates can open and you can do a lot of fun things. But we need to treat people like people, and that's what they're looking for at that moment. Well, a question. Is there a way within all of these systems that it's for a first-time purchase so people don't leave your list and come back and keep adding that discount? It would have to. So I don't do too many e-commerce sites right now, so I'm just being completely honest with you. So that might be one. Remember how we talked about look to see what your shopping cart system recommends? Like if you're using Shopify, see what stuff they recommend. I guarantee you that you can probably find something where it'll generate like a one-time sort of use code and it should be able to do that. I know this sounds odd, but I like to err on the side of people being good. Maybe that's just the Pollyanna in me that like, I don't think that they would keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And the thing is, if they unsubscribe and then they resubscribe with the same email, like they are not going to be able to get a code because when your email service provider sees like most of them, when they say like, oh, Kate at Kate Doster unsubscribed and then resubscribed, they won't send emails back out because according to the system, even though I tried to resubscribe, I told them I don't want your emails anymore. So it usually won't work. Oh, that's interesting. We've had people do that by accident, unsubscribe, but then they've resubscribed and been added back on. Okay, that's good. So it must depend on some systems. Depends on the system. I am chained to Infusionsoft keep now (laughs) because I just have so many funnels going for the other business as well. Like I could not change even if I wanted to, but ConvertKit would be the one I would be eyeing. So we're in line with all of that. But the other thing I want to just say, just as a perspective about offering a discount to get on a newsletter is think of it kind of like you're investing in prospects. 
Just like when you enter in for a craft show, you are entering in so that you can get visibility to all the people that are walking the show. You've paid for that to happen. Some people are going to buy, some people aren't. So it's a similar thing just transferred over online. A couple of ideas also that come to mind, if you didn't want to give a discount code, because yes, that comes 100% off of your profit margin, but you could do something like a special product of the month that they get on a discount or an add-on product that's compatible with some of the other things in your line. You could also do things like entering into a monthly sweepstakes giveaway, different things like that. But I like what you were saying, Kate, about get in the mind of your customer and what is it that would prompt them to take action? Because we all now are so protective over our email because we know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to send us information. (laughs) Right. Uh And you are, right? But it's got to be information that they're going to want to have. And I also, tell me what you think about this. Then we're going to get off the sign up email. We're going to get off of that in a second. But I think it's also good to tell them what they'll, you know, besides just the discount code, then they'll also get promotional codes and insider information that isn't found elsewhere. So then it's like that mystery of like, okay, I'm going to get a discount because I want to try the product, but then I'm going to get this other information. And if I don't sign up, I won't get it. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. I think that's a really, really great point. And because you're handcrafted, right? Treat people like people. You're going to hear me say this a million times because that's my philosophy and that's why my students do so well. People, when they're buying handmade products, it makes them feel good about themselves. And it usually makes them feel, I don't want to say like they're better than other people, but like they're better than other people. It's like the boost of the ego. So if you make supporting your brand, say something about them as a person. So it's not just like, you know, join the insiders club. Maybe it is the insiders club, but you're trying to think to yourself, okay, I am making these candles and they are infused with crystals when they go ahead and burn down. So your person is going to be pretty spiritual, a lot of woo woo, a lot of that sort of stuff. So like give them a name, you're creative sort of think about that sort of stuff. What other things would she be interested in? How does she handle herself? How does she carry herself in the world? What kind of things does she find fun? And then it's like, so you got, you know, 15% off your first candle, plus you'll be inducted into the, because I use fire starters, into the fire starters club, where every month we'll be sending updates behind the scenes, you get to vote on new products. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm not someone who buys a candle, I'm a fire starter. And then because I know you guys have talked about branding, right? And then you've got them. (laughs) I love that so much. I don't think that people think that far ahead. They're like, oh my goodness. But like, it's true. It's true. You've made your email list a special group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Just like you would like a Facebook group. Like, I don't want you guys like overthinking this. Like whatever you would have named your Facebook group, you could totally name that to like your email list. Right. And even if you never refer to them as firecrackers ever again, when they first sign up, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm a firecracker. Well, I think you should. (laughs) I mean, my Facebook group is called Gift Biz Breeze. So we call each other breezers. So we're breezers together. Exactly. There are a lot of you who will never, ever probably have a Facebook group like that. It's just not part of what you're looking at doing because you're Mm -hmm. out at shows all the time, that type of thing. Here's a way to have a special group that you can name that you then throw all your love to. Exactly. I was also thinking of something else. I don't want to forget this, just spitting off other ideas for people is if you do spices or are a baker, recipe of the month. Oh my goodness, so much. Be part of that group. You know, you'll get my special recipes every month that I share out, but you got to be part of this group. Sign up, however that would be. All right. So 
This is step one. We've got to move on. I don't even know how many steps you're going to give us, Kate. But okay, so the very first thing that we're going to do is we are going to have a sign up box that doesn't just say sign up for my newsletter. For all the reasons we just talked about, I absolutely love the idea of naming it. So we've got that now in place because you told us to, Kate. So we're ready to go on to step two. Excellent. So step two, now that we actually have given them a little extra reason to want to hang out with us more is you're going to be sending an email. So your email service provider will, in case if you're wondering about the tech, you'll set it up in the back end where when somebody gives you their email address, it'll automatically send that first email, whether it's the coupon code, whether it's the download, whether it's telling them about the product of the month, introducing them into being, we're going to call them firecrackers, introducing them into becoming a firecracker. So that will all take care of itself automatically. You'll set it up once. It will do it for every single person. You don't have to worry about manually hitting send when every single person gives you their email address. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay. So it manually, that first one. So make sure if you are going to separate lists, you know, you're going to separate them into customers or prospects, things like that, that that email in terms of its verbiage is relatively generic for anybody who signs up at any point along the customer journey. So again, that way you can do that. So that way you don't have to worry like, oh my goodness, like I just had 15 people at the craft show sign up to get that incentive that we're giving them. And now I've got to, once I break down this table, I've got to put everything away. I've got to go home. I've got to do all this stuff. And now I have to go and send 15 emails. No, no, no. Your system will help you set that up. So that first email gets sent automatically. So you will be good to go there. So it delivers information off of what you talked about in the sign-up box when you initially sign up. It's either delivering that code, sharing maybe a first recipe, whatever relates to that, but it's for everybody who joins your list. Exactly. And of course, you write that email, so you're gonna control what's in it. But again, this is why I love email. You do it once, and now it's totally scalable. So I don't have to write a thousand times that same exact email. I wrote it once, but it can get sent out to a thousand people. So that's what I really love that. So we got past that stage. Okay, let me just say something else here just because it's coming to mind. If you have something in place and you're not seeing people signing up for your emails, but you know people are coming to your website, so it's not an issue of not having people seeing the ability to opt in, switch it up. Try something different. Okay, so this is changeable at any point if you want to. Anytime. Nothing is written in stone. Are you, like you said, if you've got the traffic, if you're just having it, you've seen it with a lot of blogs in particular, they'll have like that one little sign up box in the sidebar. Well, sidebars don't show up on mobile except for the very, very end of everything. And most people are not going to scroll that long. Again, treat people like people. So you need to make sure while I do not like pop-ups, I'm not a fan of that. I do like the wheelie guy. I think Privy does him. I think he's kind of fun because people love contests. But short of that, like I'm not one that's like, oh, have a pop-up because they're annoying because people are on mobile and then they can't see your stuff. They can't look at your catalog, but maybe just, I always call it like either a hello bar or a top banner. And again, most of your email service providers will be able to sort of help you sort of set one of those up where it's like, click here to get 15% off your first order or click here to get a free custom bookmark with your order, right? Or test with your audience. I mean, pop-ups can work. I'm against them too, but I can't tell you how many signups I get from my pop-ups. But I also delay them. It's not like you first come on and all of a sudden in your face is this pop-up. Yeah. So test it out. But I agree with you with pop-ups, but if they produce, then sometimes you have to do them too. Yeah. If you're relying really, really heavily on Google to send you traffic, 
that's the only time that I would be like, I wouldn't necessarily do them because Google, especially now with its last update, because it's prioritizing mobile viewing and mobile experience. If you've got a lot of pop-ups, they tank your ranking. (laughs) They just do. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's something if you're like, oh, but like I'm ranking really high for a keyword, it could definitely be something to look at. But after you do get the email address, again, you're asking in a variety of spots, not like so overwhelming, but you're giving them more than one shot to be able to be a fryer cracker with you. Then I always tell my students, I want you to send an email at least twice a month, guys. I prefer every week, but I'm aware that for some people it can get overwhelmed. Even though there's only four weeks in most months, I feel like you can write four emails. But I definitely know you can handle two emails a month. Y'all can do that. The reason being, if you're like, oh, well, I'll just send at the beginning of the month. If you are not a brand that is, say, really, really visible on Instagram, if you don't have that local or even online sort of cult following, that sort of a thing where, again, like Peloton, Peloton could email you once a month and you would never forget who they are. Most of us do not have that name recognition. The reason why you want to show up at least twice a month is so people remember who you are and what you sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's super important. So it can be something like really casual. Say that you are making bracelets or that baker, right? The making the bracelets, it can be, you can literally have pictures in your email and be like, so I'm thinking of introducing a new bracelet into the shop. Do you like the one with the pink beads or do you like the ones with the blue beads? And then you'll have like, say the pictures linked. You'll have a link that says, click here to vote for pink, click here to vote for blue, right? And then those links will say, go to a webpage. that just says, thanks so much for voting. I'll let you guys know which one won last week. So now you have that sort of fun sort of like this is what we're doing right if you again one of my students she does sell those harry potter themes so a lot in her email so usually always at the bottom have a picture of her ornaments but she'll talk about like how she just found this quiz or what do people think about this again it's like what would your people want to hear about and just doesn't always have to be like this is my promotion this is this now obviously if you're going to be doing a local show and you want people to show up yeah you're going to talk about that but it's like Hey, so I know that you're really into like this and supporting small businesses and all this sort of stuff. So I just want to remind you that if you are in the Providence area, I'm actually going to be at this show right here. And if you're not, don't worry, you can always get some stuff from the shop. And again, just show up, (laughs) just show up. Yeah. And I'm hearing you talking like you're talking to a friend. You know, it's not this big, like structured term paper writing that you're doing. You're talking like a friend and you're just sharing what's going on in the business. I want to talk about that again in a second. And emails can be different lengths too, right? It doesn't have to be the same structure over time. One email might just be a couple of sentences. Yeah. How's everything going with your baking? (laughs) Yeah. What fun way have you used your candle? Now, I'm hearing you asking questions a lot, trying to motivate a response in email. And we talk about doing that on social posts all the time. But is that a good practice for email? I'm leaving you in suspense in anticipation of that answer. And we'll get to it right after a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. 
you can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. I think that it really is. If you can get people to click, but definitely reply, and not everyone is going to, guys. It's just not. That is going to show both wherever they're reading it, their Gmail, their Outlook, all of this. Like, hey, when Sue sends an email, we should definitely show it to her because people like Amanda really likes Sue's stuff. They must be friends in real life. So let's make sure that they get that stuff. Mm-hmm. What's happened now, and this has always been an issue, and I don't know why nobody really talked about it, all email service providers, all of them, the way that they track open rates, because that's a metric that a lot of people like, is that they send this, technically it's an invisible picture that has a little ping code. And so when that file is open, the invisible picture, it sends it back to your ConvertKit, your mailer lights, your constant contacts. Hey, Amanda opened this email. However, for the longest time, it was always blocked on Android devices. And most people, where do they read their emails? On their mobile phones. But nobody necessarily cared. And I've been saying this for years. I'm like, just so you know, your open rate probably isn't reliable because people on Android can't see it. Well, the new iOS update came out for iPhones and they're blocking that pixel now too. So what ended up happening is you saw a whole bunch of people essentially over two weeks just see all their open rates drop. And they're like, oh my goodness, my open rate's dropping. Nobody's reading my stuff. Ah, like email stinks. It no longer works. That technology is getting blocked. And so now the only ways that you can reliably tell is somebody actually opening my stuff is, are they clicking on something? Because that still gets tracked. Or did they reply back? And so that's why I love to have questions. Again, not everyone is going to reply back, but it's nice to be able to build that personal relationship with your fans, just like you went over like DMs. I know you've got that really great product of the year's worth of social media content for makers. It's that same sort of a thing. That's what you're looking for is that interaction. So that way, when it comes to to Christmas or holidays or birthdays, or somebody needs a cake made because say that you're a baker, right? They're like, oh, you need to go to Sandy. Her stuff's amazing. And I love her emails. Right. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, First off, nobody freak out if you're looking at your open rates and they've gone down because now you understand why. It's not that behavior has changed. The good news no. is you probably weren't even seeing that your open rates were initially higher than you even think. But now that they're going down, that your numbers are going down, it doesn't matter. So that's really, exactly. oh my gosh, like you've just saved a bunch of hearts from dropping out of people's chests, <laughs> I'm thinking. All right. So I... I haven't seen this for a while, and I'm going to have to go check out if I'm still on his list. I wonder if something changed. But there used to be a guy that I would follow. He sent out Sunday mornings, which seems like a really wild time. That's when his emails would come out. They were always very interesting. But the very last line was, reply back to me and tell me what you're drinking this morning. Because he was like the theme of he was at a coffee shop sharing with us what was going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wrote it then and there while he was having his coffee, but he'd always say, drop me a note. Let me know what you're drinking this morning or something like that. <laughs> was it the Sunday morning dispatch by, with Paul Jarvis by any chance? No. Uh-uh. Oh, because Paul used to do that, but then he stopped sending emails. I loved his Sunday emails. They were the best. Yeah, no, this was so great. And you know what? He would respond back too. Yeah. His name is escaping me. It's so interesting. And that's the other thing again, and this is why we say weekly, because like Sue just said, guys, and this is the same thing for your customers. If they're expecting to see you Sunday, Friday, 
Thursday. There are going to be those diehard people where if you miss a Wednesday and you send on Wednesdays, they're going to be like, um, are you okay? Like they're going to be emailing you looking for your newsletter. <laughs> it's really wild. And like, this is a perfect example here. Now, granted, like I just have a brain freeze, but I can see his face. I can't think of his name, but look at what else I said. I haven't been getting his emails. So if somebody wants your candles and is like, oh my gosh, what's the name of that company? I can't think of it. I can't think of it. If you were routinely sending them emails every other week and they were seeing that, you are continually pinging their brain as to the name of your company so that they can come back when they're ready to buy. So this is a perfect example. Kate, when I figure out and remember who it is, I'll let you know. (laughs) You know, either during this interview or like an hour from now, I'm going to be like, ah, like, how could I not remember his name? But anyway, enough of that. But I do have a question and it might make some of our listeners angry. So be careful. But what do you say to people who are currently emailing, but what they email regardless of their frequency, is a picture of the product and the price and the description and a button to go buy. I would say, well, at least you're emailing. So now, since you've had like that step one, you've done the crawling aspect. Now it's time for you to be able to walk. Now it's that time where, again, because you're a maker, because you're not target, the reason people buy from makers is because they want to actually know the person and they want to have some things unique. So that's when you start including pictures of you pouring the wax, pictures of you with the dough, talking about if it is that sort of recipe of the month, talking about how you were trying out different ingredients that didn't work out or like the first one's burnt, right? So that way you're actually a real person to them. Mm -hmm. So again, definitely because people are really visual, have some pictures in there. Don't necessarily do too, too many because that's more likely to put you in the promotions tab. But obviously it's a visual making thing. You're going to need to have some pictures in your emails. Just make sure that they're great ones. I know that you had just had, you can't send videos through emails. I know that on the podcast, you just talked about videos and that sort of stuff. You can't send those. You can send like a still shot, so like a screenshot of it. And then people could say, click on it and then go watch the things that you have. But again, just add, add a little something, ask somebody what they're doing how they're drinking, this cup of coffee. You know how you were just saying with a Sunday dispatch, it was what are you drinking? Find that brain hook. So maybe for you, you are going to talk about your cat, Mr. Whiskers, because you know secretly that your people are cat people, even if you are the baker, right? And then you're going to like, just like show and be like, just have a quick update and be like, so what are your pet up to? Just find something so they can relate to you as a person and not just a company. And something easy that they can respond back to. Nothing hard, just an easy answer. And then what do you do? Respond back to them again. Develop a relationship. Exactly. Maybe it's a color. Mm -hmm. Maybe like you have, because something easy is like every time, say you go to a craft show, you wear the color purple, right? Mm -hmm. And again, this is stuff that's going to span everywhere. It's not just in your email list. It's going to be showing up on your social medias, on your Facebook, on your Instagrams, your TikToks, wherever you're going to be. So that way when people think of purple... They think of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> or this one really doesn't go because it's makers and makers, but I know there was a certain influencer who Instagram was his thing and he loved Target. So like now anytime people would go to Target, they would tag him. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I bike or walk and I do it in the morning and I do it at night because I can't sit still. And so now we have via Instagram stories, we have an online nightly walking club. 
So now when people are walking at night, they think of myself and my friend Jasmine who does stock photos and they tag us. And so we have a virtual walking group. Yeah. So it's those little sort of uh, things, or if you hear spammer face, you think of Kate, right? <laughs> like though, And those things that people want to have that relationship with you because you are small. Like, I cannot tell you how many people, like, I love buying special gifts from the Etsy's, the actually finding people. I personally like to go to Instagram so that way I can buy directly from people's websites. Because again, I'm aware that, you know, I want to give them as much profit as possible. But those are the cool things. Because now all of a sudden, they're the cool person with the hookup. Like, oh my goodness, if you want like custom wine glasses, like, you need these. Like, they're so cool. Yeah. So then maybe your newsletter is talking about what you're drinking Mm -hmm. or celebrations. It can talk about, say, if somebody was tagging you on the Instagram in their story or in their post, maybe you could have a section in your email that's like cups in the wild, if you will. And then it's just like showing a couple pictures of people tagging you on Instagram. So they're like, ooh. So that way people are proud to have your product because if they have your product, it means something. Yep. You are then part of the vibe of that business and it's special and it's important and it's being part of a group. So Kate, I have termed this concept that you're talking about, about people knowing you over and above your product as a unique special power. And one of my unique special powers is snow because I absolutely love the snow. And I'll get people literally from all over the world who will be like, oh my gosh, Sue, there's a blizzard coming to Chicago. You must be so happy, (laughs) you know? Exactly. Yeah, or people will see yellow because that's also something that people who hang around with me know that that's my color. And they'll take pictures and they'll send me things that are yellow or things that remind them of me. And I bring this up because it's a trigger point for people then to remember your company. So you're not just doing Mm -hmm. it because you're talking about yourself. You're doing it because you're placing certain triggers as someone just going through life. Like I have a dear friend who literally, I'm not even kidding you, everything she owns is leopard print. Everything. Yeah. Okay. And so anytime (laughs) people see leopard, they think Claudia right away. That's it. Because it's so ingrained. And that's what we're going for. Yeah, it's so ingrained. So unique special powers. Think of one or two things that are yours and start sharing them with people because it's going to help them remember your business. It circles around indirectly is the thing. It so does. And again, because we're really visual and obviously we're makers, right? We're creatives. We're going to be visual. Sometimes if we're like, but like, hey, like I'm boring as dirt. I've got nothing. Buy one item of clothing (laughs) and just let that be your thing. So I have a friend of a friends with him. I say 15 years. He says 13. I'm like, we're old. It's 15. And he's a personal trainer online and he brought this broccoli shirt. And I'm like, I'm going to make that your thing. He's like, you're going to make the broccoli shirt my thing. I'm like, we're going to make that a sticking point. Sure enough, it's been like two days and like the broccoli shirt is now everywhere. Oh my gosh. Because like that is the thing. Yeah. Right. So again, and when you wear it at the craft show, right? Like say, and again, it doesn't have to be broccoli if that doesn't fit, but like, People are going to be looking for that thing at the craft shows, or they're going to buy their own version, like you said, and then they're going to tag you. They're going to tag Claudia when they're wearing their own leopard print. They might wear leopard print when they come see you in person. Mm -hmm. Again, they want to be part of a secret club, and they're on the in to know that Sue is yellow and like snow. And they feel like they can throw me snowballs too, just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm from New England, and I'm just like, Sue, you're on your own. (laughs) Oh, I I love it. Shoveling it. I hate it when it turns all gray and grown. (laughs) I cannot get enough. But okay, so back to emails. And I brought up that point about people showing their product in the description and how to buy. If you train your audience always 
that every single time I get an email, it's going to be the product and how to buy. I already know that. And I just am not in the market right now for whatever it is you sell. Then they're not going to open. But if you know that, yes, so-and-so sells pottery, I love their pottery, but she also shares with me some really cool new restaurants that are in the area, and I live right near her, so I want to know that, or a recipe of how I can use the soup bowls that I bought from her. So that the emails provide information that are valuable to your follower, your fire starter, over and above the product that you sell, because you want them to not miss opening an email because there might be something in there that they really want. Instead of training them product price, product price, that's all I'm going to get. That's valuable when I need it, but I don't need it. Adding other good information into emails, I have found is the key. 100%. And so I would say for most makers, it might almost be, again, it's going to be different than what a lot of online teachers are going to tell you like, oh, like one message, one call to action, all this sort of stuff. I feel for us, it works really well with like a magazine style newsletter. So like the top half of your newsletter are going to be those interesting brain bits. It's going to be the soup of the week recipe. It's going to be this and this. And then obviously at the bottom, of course, you are going to have a picture of some products and a button to buy, right? But that top half is where the relationship is built. Mm -hmm. And honestly, probably some of the stuff that you're learning from Sue's content calendar on social media can work really well as a top half of your email because you might be like, oh, well, they already read it on Instagram. So like, I can't like reuse this content. Not everyone is going to see all of your Instagram posts. Go look at your analytics. It's the truth, right? And even if somebody does follow you religiously on Instagram and they said it in the newsletter, maybe seeing it that second time would actually get them to reply. And usually they'll say like, oh yeah, I saw you talk about this on Instagram the other day. My favorite coffee cup is the Golden Girls ones that I have. So I don't want you feeling like, oh my goodness, like I can't, I call it upcycling. I can't upcycle my social media content into my emails. You can 100% do that. It is okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And different people will get their information in different ways, right? Exactly. So some people are email. Some people like Instagram. And if you copy just a little bit, it doesn't matter. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a ton of ideas in there. You're right. So that's that. I do have a question about emails. Shoot. When you're writing, do we have to follow that 10th grade high school teacher sentence structure with punctuation? Or can we get fun and cute and personable in our writing? Like the actual word, well, I know the words because that's what you're all about. But do we have to follow functional, correct grammar scripting, I guess? I don't even know how to say that. Okay. You do not want to have giant blocks of text because nobody reads that because people go to email for one reason and one reason only. It is to procrastinate. Do not let people tell you anything otherwise. They're going there for a quick dopamine hit to be entertained, period. And nobody wants to be entertained by having to read something that's like seven sentences long. It's all the same color. It's really small font to read. They're not into that, right? Honestly, if something is longer than two sentences, it needs to be its own paragraph. Because again, you want things to be skimmable. You want to make sure, say, if there are certain keywords or something that you want to draw attention to, those are going to be in bold. So that way they can see it. Same thing like when you're, say, formatting a blog post, you want things to be skimmable. You can use things like y'all or what's happening or, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to follow proper grammar at all. Yay. <laughs> Obviously, you want, to make sure that that's, you want to make sure that somebody is able to understand it. 
But if there is a typo, yeah, you're going to get somebody to reply back and be like, just so you know, you spelled this word wrong. I like to think of it, you know, I give them that annoying voice. I like to think of it as that's their love language of, because again, Pollyanna, I like to think that that's just their way of showing me love because they don't want me to get judged by other people where I see a typo as a sign of an action taker, because I would have never had the typo if I didn't send the email and I didn't write it. Right. So for me, it's a badge of honor. Cause again, it would never happen if we didn't, like we said at the beginning, do the brave thing and actually hit send. So don't worry about those sorts of things. It happens. If a link doesn't work, it's okay. Go ahead and email everybody again. Everybody has made mistakes in life. And that's what you say. It's like, oops, well, I know that this was supposed to go to our sage shirt that we have. And it accidentally went to a pair of shorts. Thanks, everybody, for letting me know. I'm so excited. You're just as excited about that shirt as I am. Here is the proper link. So that way you guys can go ahead and get it. Yep. And when you do, don't forget to tag me on Instagram so I can show off how cool you look. Oh, I love that. Listen, we're talking to other people. And honestly, I'm going to say, if someone is going to be kind of a jerk about it, you probably don't want them to be a customer anyway. No, you delete them. Like that's going to be that problem person. So let it just roll off your shoulders if something like that happens. Or they might just be having a bad day. So don't take it on yourself. Just let it go. But to your point, Kate, get these emails out. Exactly. No, like being on your list is a privilege. And I'll say that to them, boo in the face. People are lucky that they get to pay you. They're lucky that they get to get your craftsmanship. They're lucky that they get to get your tips and know about Mr. Whiskers. And they're lucky that they get to have that brightness that your day is when you show up in their inbox. And so when you're like, you know what? Being on my list is a privilege because you can always go find more people. I mean, that's why you hang out with Sue, right? She's got that great freebie of ways to get more customers. So there is no scarcity mindset here, guys. We will go and find more people. (laughs) Not a problem. All right. So we've got our incentive so that people are going to be interested in joining our list. They are delivered a welcome email. Then we start regularly sending messages that include other things over and above just our product with responses. And we send that out twice a month. Is there anything else we should be doing? I mean, again, I would love it to be every week, but if we are just getting started, I would also say, and I know that since we're creative, sometimes we can't plan that far ahead. But honestly, if you are only going to send two emails, just pick a day to write both of them. Oh, batch it out. Yeah. Because with your email service provider, you'll be able to have it. So that way, even though you wrote it on the first, you can have it send automatically on the 15th. You just have to set it up that that's the date that you want to send it. So that's the other thing, because I do know that, again, we get really busy when it's crafting season. Now that we're allowed to get out of the house here in the States a little bit. Yay! (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Things are going to be able to pick up a little bit more, right? So that would just be the other thing. Just batch, get them both done. If you're like, oh, but Kate, like, I don't know what I'm going to have on my Instagram in two weeks. Then just don't talk about Instagram in that two weeks, right? Or, oh, what if a product is sold out? If a product is sold out, I'm sure that you will be able to fix it. Like nothing is end all be all. And on the 13th, go and reread that email. If you know it's usually sending on the 15th, just to make sure everything's cool. Like nothing is written in stone. Make it easy. There's a million ideas that you can have. Scan your pictures on your phone. If you're going to a craft show, were you there last year? Do you have a picture from last year? Anticipating a show that you're going to be at? I mean, there are so many ideas. So just scan social, you'll see ideas as well. Exactly. Again, how things are made, what you're doing, where you're going, the best place to source it. 
I know some makers will show people because I'm sure that they get this question of like, oh, well, like, how do you actually make a candle? So maybe it's like a little blog post on how to make your own candles. Nine times out of 10, people are not going to take up candle making. And I know that you had a podcast episode that came out a little while ago that was talking about using affiliate marketing to increase your revenue. Yeah. I mean, Amazon doesn't pay that much. Like, let's be real here, guys. But be an affiliate for Target, for Amazon. I don't know if Michael's or any of the crafting stores has one because people are always going to want your supplies because they're like, oh yeah, I can make these wreaths just like Susan does. But then they get all this stuff and then they're like, mm, I'm just going to pay Susan for one of hers. Oh, exactly. For sure. But even your lifestyle things, you can be an affiliate for like, I use HelloFresh. I'm actually creating not just business affiliates, but also just my lifestyle, things that I use in life that I love. And so you can talk about those in emails too. It's very interesting. I'm talking more and more about this, that everything is compatible with each other. Like social media helps reinforce emails, which reinforces maybe a video that you did that's on YouTube. Like all of these work in harmony together to strengthen your business. But email is one, like if you had to pick a few, only a couple things, email, because it's something that you totally control and that your email list is something that you always have access to, should be top of the list. No question about it. I was going to say, because like people can look at my social media following and they'll be like, Kate, you've got like a cool like 3,000 followers on Instagram. How do you make so much money? I make so much money because I spent all my time on my email list and only letting the right people on my email list. So my email list is like five times what my social media followings are. Actually, it's a little bit closer to I think like eight times because I focused on the thing that matters the most, getting into people's inboxes. So I don't need to compete with 500, 600 people for their Instagram feeds. Yeah, I love Instagram. It's super fun, right? But like, I mean business, I'm going to be in their inbox. And it's me and maybe like, I don't know, 15 other companies max. Mm -hmm. I can deal with that eyeball ratio all day, every day. Yeah, social media following doesn't always equate to the success of a business. It's hard to remember yeah. that sometimes, but it's everything working in conjunction. And, you know, I already said that, so I don't have to go <laughs> any further with that. No, you're so right. I mean, things get hacked. Social media platforms fall out of service. When people usually ask me, like, oh, why is email important? Usually my answer is, do you remember Friendster? And if like, what is Friendster? I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But did you forget what Gmail was? No, no, you did not. Right. What about list maintenance and cleanup? Sure. I think that it is important. I'm going to say it's a little bit trickier now. I'm not one where it's like, oh, if somebody hasn't opened my email in six months, I'm just going to automatically delete them. Because like we've talked about now, all email service providers, it's not just ConvertKit. It's not just keep slash infuse and shops. Everybody has such a hard time on mobile. And like everybody loves to open on mobile now. I will have them sent to ConvertKit does this automatically. I don't know if Infusionsoft does this, but if somebody is considered a cold subscriber, they haven't opened or clicked on your stuff for any once in a while, ConvertKit will automatically put a tag on there. And then when that tag is added, you can have it get set up. I know this sounds like, ah, but again, you set up once and it does it forever. It'll set up this little series where maybe if somebody hasn't opened up your stuff in six months, you're going to send them a coupon code. You're going to ask them like, hey, are you still actually getting these emails? Do you want to hang out? And again, it's always the prospect of what's in it for them. So like usually I'll send a series of about three emails, but I would say definitely it's two where it's just like, 
Hey, so I know I can't stand getting emails that I don't want and having it over an inbox. And I never want that for you because I just want to help you have a beautiful home with these candles to be able to set the ambiance. So if you don't want to hang out anymore, just go ahead. You can click here and unsubscribe. But if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to remove you, but you can always come back if you want to. And then go ahead and let them do it. They'll have the tag. We'll go through it. I'll usually have the series set up. So say after that final email where it's just like do something or leave. I'll have it wait, like say seven days and then they'll at convert kit, they get sort of pooled at the bottom and then I'll just go and delete them a couple of times a year. Yeah. And I think it also, I'm thinking about this now, like when we do webinars, we'll have thousands mm -hmm. of people sign up for a webinar, but the only way I got their email is because they wanted to join the webinar and then they may or may not be interested in talking further. So we will purge some of them. Because I figure if they're really interested, they're going to come back and sign up for a freebie and get back on the list. And I don't need to keep thousands of people on a list if they're never going to open or really we're only interested in one thing. But I'm thinking for makers, the quality of people that you get on your list is also based on how you ask for people to join. Exactly. So like if someone's coming to your website and they sign up, that's an initial action or an immediate action that they took personally. So that's a good person to have on your list. But what you wouldn't do, and this is against the can spam laws, if that's such a thing anymore anyway, is if you're like out at a networking meeting or you got a list of everyone that came to a craft show, whether they came by your booth or not, you can't add those people to your list. And that would be a bad list, first off, because it's spamming. But second, you don't even know if they're qualified or interested. So they're taking up a spot on your list that could go to somebody who is interested. Because at some point, most lists, you'll have to pay based on the size of your list. Exactly. That's usually when people tend to, uh, again, it's different in the online information space. I tell people like they need to do it habitually. But again, because you're meeting people in real life, because they could just be customers who just haven't bought in a while, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Usually it's when people get up to that next tier, like, oh, I'm going to have to start paying or, oh, I'm going to have to start paying 20 bucks more. That's when they'll go ahead and they'll start cleaning it out. But again, you want to make sure that rather than just deleting all of those people altogether, that you send a couple of emails and then like literally put, it's like, hey, so, and again, you don't want to be creepy about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe like send the discount code, they use it, all of that. Now they're active. That sort of second email is like, hey, again, we're talking about spam. Put that in there be like, but you might honestly be opening your emails and my system just can't tell. So just get a quick reply and say like the word keep or tell something. And I've gotten people that have sent me like huge replies like, oh my goodness, I love all your stuff. I read it all the time. I don't know why it's saying that it wants me to leave. And like all this, I'm like, well, now you're fine because it's all action. So just encourage them. Let them know that like technology isn't perfect. And I think that that's what you're trying to tell them. You don't want to be a burden and technology is not perfect. So you just want to make sure the two of you are on the same page. There you go. Love it. Love it. Love it. This has been wonderful, Kate. So much great information, things that I haven't heard before. So really fascinating conversation. Share with us a little bit more about your business, your podcast, whatever you want to tell everybody about. Sure. So I have a podcast. It's called Inbox Besties. You can listen to it wherever you're listening to this great show. Make sure you leave Sue a review first. Then you can come and listen to Inbox Besties. Oh, thanks. And <laughs> right. So leave her that rating review, y'all, because it's a great show. And my website is at katedoster.com. I do have an incentive, as we talked about, called the two years worth of strategic email ideas. Ooh. So you can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash two years. However, because I love being transparent, it is 
gear towards people that are more information-based, the bloggers, the coaches, the people who sell digital products and coaching. So some of the ideas might not necessarily work like sharing your three favorite books. It could or could not work. It might work for a segment of say your newsletter stuff, but I do just want to be clear that that's usually the people that I help. I know everyone's like, oh, why don't you do like an e-commerce thing? Eventually we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. But for right now, it's primarily info-based people. So I just wanted to make that clear. So I'd love to hang out with you. You can hang out with me on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. It's totally cool. I just want to let you know, you might have to finesse a little bit of the stuff that I talk about to fit your situation. Yeah, it could inspire you for another idea. So like your three books, if that doesn't relate to an audience, it might be three something else, or, you know, it might just be the catalyst you needed to come up with another idea for a topic. Exactly. Because when you can write about anything, your brain just goes, ah, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. But when you're like a, because it's not just like, I'm not giving you like 104 ideas in a list, because that's not the way the human brain works. Treat people like people. So like, I literally have it like May, week one, send this, week two, send this, week three, send this. Some people follow it religiously in order. Other people like to switch it up. It's okay. And if you're like, but Kate, I'm listening to this in like January through August is already gone. So it turns out those months come back. So you are fine. Just scroll back up. It's cool. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) It's cool. They're going to come back. Yeah. And content for email marketing is definitely something that I know people are interested in. So make sure to go and take a look at this. Kate Doster dot com forward slash two years, right? And I'll have it linked up in the show notes. Yep. With the number two. Okay. And then how else are you supporting your community in case we have someone here who would like to know a little bit more? Just really quickly. The email is 100%. Those are my people. So that's where I spend a whole bunch of my time. We've got the podcast. And like I mentioned over on Instagram, that's where I share a lot of like what Sue said, a lot of more lifestyle content. You can chat with me there. DMs on Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, never send me a message on Facebook. I have not checked that in eons. I'm sure it is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so hang out with me over on Instagram. It's Kate underscore Doster. That's where I will be. And if you are listening to this episode with, and you still are, make sure you take a screenshot and tag myself and Sue so that we know that you guys are listening. Wonderful. I love that, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Such great information. I know that we have motivated a couple of people, probably more, to go ahead and get started doing email marketing. So thank you so much for that. Bye. Want to know my favorite takeaway today? the idea of naming your email list members. For Kate, it's firecrackers. And honestly, this whole concept makes me smile. We all love being part of a group, particularly when it's something exclusive. So there you go. Yet another reason to move forward on your email strategy. Perhaps I've gotten your wheels turning here. This podcast provides you with resources that you can refer back to at your convenience. And to do that, I have a great way for you to find what you're looking for. Have you ever listened to a podcast here, knew you wanted to write something down, re-listen at another time, or come back and grab a resource that was mentioned? But for the life of you, you can't remember what episode it was in. Well, now you can find it instantly. If you go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash search, enter keywords on any topic you want, And not only will it tell you in what episodes the topic was discussed, but it will bring you to that exact spot. Grab and go style. Quick, easy, and you can be on your way to taking that newfound information and implementing it into your business. Whether it's a topic like SEO, 
you want to hear from other jewelry makers, or you're looking for a specific guest show. All now can be found through keyword search right inside this podcast. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited about it, and quite honestly, I've been using it for myself as well. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash search. Next week, we're diving back into Instagram. There have been some big changes there recently, but we're going back to the basics. If this platform has been confusing for you in the past, take a deep breath and join me here next Monday. That's a wrap for this week. Please review and share this podcast if you haven't already. It's a great way to pay it forward. And now be safe and well, and I'll see you again next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 